Welcome back to the ball, episode number sixteen. Um, transfer windows closed today, so it's time to look around, see, see who moved around, who went where. There's only been, I guess, the ones worthy of talking about are the moves that your team did over there. Um, Brian, what do you think about your uh, transactions in the transfer window? Oh, I'm very excited. We've been waiting and waiting to get some defenders ever since uh, Van Dyke took his fall. And, you know, it was even more of a need after Matip picked up an injury in that West Ham match. That was a um, big loss. Big loss. So now that we got two more than capable center backs coming in, I, I foresee them going back at the title run. So you've got Ozan Kobak. He's Turkish. Mm-hmm. He's 20 years old. He's made seven appearances for the Turkish national team. He's from Ankara, Turkey, which is uh, the capital of Turkey. And he started out his career as Galatasaray as a youth player. And then uh, that was from 2011, 2018. And then he went over to VFB Stuttgart. Then he went over to Schalke. Had 40 appearances there and scored three goals. So pretty good for a center back maybe maybe you want to see him uh get in on some crosses or i don't know much about his stature maybe he's not too big of a presence uh, for corner kicks and things but three goals for a center back you're expecting them to have zero so i, I guess anything is a plus right well it's going to be a big transition for him you know Schalke's at the bottom of that bundesliga table right now they haven't been informed and they're coming he's coming to a titled contender so hopefully he comes hungry and ready to really make an impact I'm excited to see uh, if, how quickly he breaks into the team. And at first, I thought you bought him, but it's actually a loan deal. With an option to buy. With an option to yeah, buy. We're giving him a test run. Okay, okay, good, good. Now, that's different from what you guys did with Ben Davis. Um, he's the Englishman. Maybe a little English bias might be going on uh, soon here. But um, also another center back. He's from Cumbria, which is northwest England. And he's 25. It's a little bit older there, don't you think? Would you like to see your center backs coming in with some youth a little bit? Yeah, 25 is still young. You look at Sergio Ramos is still doing all right over there in Madrid, huh? I mean, I mean, he's 25 is still young, but you know, in the world of fo- world of at least this level of football, you hear you know, players getting signed at 20, 21, 22. I'm just saying maybe it took him a little while to really get up to this level. Yeah, you know, I like to see a little experience. With guys like Trent Alexander, Alder, Arnold, and then when Joe Gomez, when they're healthy, there's a lot of young bloods in that back line. True, true. Maybe he maybe he gives a little bit of experience <laughs> in, in, the, in the squad. Now, he started out his career at Preston uh, North End, and from there he went on a loan spree, like loan after loan, right? He went to sixth tier York City, made 44 appearances there. And then he went to Tranamore Rovers, had three appearances there, and there in League Two. And then from there, he went to Southport, made nine appearances there. And just when you thought he was done going out on loan, he had two more loan spells. Again in League Two, Newport County, had 19 appearances there. And then his last loan spell was at Fleetwood Town, and he had 22 appearances, which was uh, in League One. So um, you guys finally have your center backs, and you think it's time to make a run at this, at at Manchester City, who's just chilling up on the table there? Yeah, I absolutely do. You know, we've looked 
really, really good out there against the likes of Tottenham and West Ham, both teams that were in the, the ball's power rankings last week. Picked up a couple of W's and, you know, solidifying that depth in the back line. That, I think that was the only weak spot in the squad. Now, let's take a look at what happened in the league uh, since we last came. Uh, there was obviously that Tottenham-Liverpool game that came about. And Liverpool looked really nice in that one. Seems like they finally figured out how to score goals again. And it was a huge, huge match, not only because uh, the winner would have stayed in the ball's power rankings, but it also had huge table implications as well, right? Now, uh, what did you see when you when you watched this game, Brian? Well, like you said, I think there was a significant um, increase in confidence throughout the squad. Um, especially from the likes of Trent Alexander-Arnold, who has really struggled, you know, with Liverpool during the, that stretch of results that they lost. Um, you know, he picked up a goal and an assist in the match. Um, and there's confidence all through the squad. You know, Mane, um, who we've we've given a little bit of a hard time over the past couple of weeks, he came through, scored, earned the man of the match. Yep. Firmino was making an impact. You know, it looked really good. And an interesting selection. I've seen Milner start breaking into your team there. You think that's going to keep on uh, going? I guess that's because of your center back problem, right? Henderson's dropped in the middle there and left kind of a vacant hole there. So I guess now you've got two new center backs coming in. You you think it's time Henderson gets out of that back back line? I I would think so. You know, I think initially I don't think we're going to put two center backs that are new to the squad in there together. You know, I think either Henderson or Fabinho is going to have to start until we get comfortable with these new guys, um, at least one of them. But, you know, that's going to open up spots in the midfield to where, you know, we can put out our strongest lineup. Of the two, um, I guess, just based off press, I would, I would guess Ben Davis is going to hop in there quicker than Ozan Kobach would. But I honestly haven't seen both of these players actually play in, in games. Um, who, who do you think is going to get the first... Bump into the starting eleven. Well, Kobach's the one that's been playing top-flight football. You know, Ben Davies is coming from the championship, um, so he, you know, Kobach might be more prepared to make the jump. Um, but I think it's going to come down to familiarity and who Klopp and the rest of the squad's more comfortable with. So I'm not sure. Yeah, let's see. How, let's see how that plays out. Now Tottenham, this was a huge game for them to lose. Um, Kane was getting hammered the first couple of minutes there in the game and it was a very aggressively played game now that I think about it um, everybody was getting into the tackles uh, Tottenham had 14 tackles uh, Liverpool had 10 and Tottenham had chances in the beginning but VAR came through and kind of nullified that and the entire time they didn't look at all convincing if you ask me um and as soon as the second half started, I think they kind of started sitting back and Liverpool became a bit more liberal in their attack. Um, you think you think this is a kind of a slippery slope here that Tottenham's getting getting themselves into? Well, I certainly don't see them competing for the, the top spot and winning the, the Premier League. Um, I do still see that they could make a push to earn a Champions League spot. Um, but it's going to be tough, especially if Kane's injury sustains. You know, you had to come out early in that game. Yeah, no, that was that was a big loss. That was a big, big loss. Now, the table leaders, the City, 
were also in action. They got the 1-0 result against Sheffield United, which is a little bit disappointing, if you ask me. Um, when you have a squad like this, the likes of Mares, Rodrigo, Silva, Torres, Fernandinho, you know, I feel like you should be putting in at least three, maybe four. But a win's a win, right? So uh, they definitely got the result there. And Jesus is back on the scoring sheet. So um, let's see how let's see how that shakes out. And I'm I'm loving watching Gundogan play. He's really sticking out in the pack there. Um, no De Bruyne in this team, huh? No De Bruyne. Yeah. Uh, was he just taking the rest or? You know, I, I, that that would be my guess. So he was yeah. getting the rest. But I'm with you on Gundogan. He's he's been really impressive throughout this entire stretch. 100%. And they came out in that 4-3-3. Um, they probably saw the Sheffield United team and said, yes, let's just give them, give them everything we've got. Mm-hmm. Right? But good result. Good result from them. Now that Arsenal and Manchester United game, no, no. Watched the whole thing. Um, very disappointed, honestly. I've been watching that. It was not a good game to watch, if I'm honest. Um, did, you, did you get a chance to catch it? I didn't watch the watch it live, but I did pick up on the highlights. Oh man, that was must must have been the shortest highlight video <laughs> on YouTube. Then, yeah. Well, they were pretty liberal in what they were considering highlights. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Now, moving into Sunday's games, uh, Chelsea got the win, two 0 over Burnley, and people are saying they look really good, um, and they looked pretty good as well. But it it is Burnley though. <laughs> so let's not let's not get too excited, right? Um, Lester took a loss to Leeds, one to three, which was surprising. But I hear it was a fantastic game. Yeah, Leeds, you know, Leeds with their style, they come out and produce some excellent performances every once in a while. Um, Patrick Bamford was just excellent um, in hold-up play. He was able to find a through ball and a goal and he also picked up a goal himself um, they always are exciting and always a good watch yeah that team is that team is exciting especially once they get on the break they've got the pace on the outside and Bamford sitting there ready to finish things off uh, West Ham Liverpool Liverpool picking up the win again you guys are rolling so congratulations yeah, thank you congratulations and then Brighton Tottenham 1-0 one, one to Brighton Now, let's run back up to the top here and look at this Chelsea Burnley game. Uh, so, 2 0. This was the first game that uh, Churchill can come and show off his new tactics. Uh, he came out in a 4 in a 3 4 2 1, right? And interestingly, they had uh, Hudson Adoy almost playing wing back, but in the midfield, which is a, just a true winger there. And he was very prominent in this game. Um, he had a lot of freedom here going up against McNeil. Again, I will say it is Burnley. So uh, he, was, he was really enjoying himself on the, on the corner here. Now, there was a moment in the game, uh, at the beginning of the game, the coach of Burnley was screaming at Robbie. I guess Robbie's like one of the midfielders or the, the wingbacks who was guarding him. He said, Robbie, Robbie, tune in, right? Because Hudson Adoy was giving the man work on the outside there. And Robbie turns around <laughs> and looks at the coach, right? And he goes, 
I know where he is, saying he knows where Hudson Adoy is. But I just can't stop it. Well, what do you want me to do? <laughs> you know, basically he's telling the coach, "Look, I know you're mad at me, but I can't do anything to stop this guy. Uh, he's he's killing us on this side." So Chelsea attacked on uh, Hudson Adoy's side 41% of the time, which was the right side. And um, if you dig a little bit into the positioning of all the Chelsea players, uh, Hudson Adoy was occupying that middle third there and having so much freedom on that right hand side and obviously when you've got a squad like this and you need great wingers to just get the ball in the box right although Hudson Adoy is not very consistent if I'm being honest um, do you think he's gonna keep up this form that he had against Burnley well you know when you get to start um, on your manager's first match and you impress um, I don't see why not you keep rolling with it I think there's guys like Pulisic and Havertz that are going to be hungry to take that spot but if he keeps performing and keeps causing problems for those outside backs I don't see why not and they've got um, great ball players to get the ball to him as well uh, I guess their progression usually is get the ball to some guy in the middle maybe Kovacic he's alright yeah. right? and he'll spray a ball out to the outside and uh, Hudson and Doyle will just be waiting for that ready to attack it also gives a little bit of problems for the outside uh, back because he's basically guarding Mason Mount who likes to drop in there and also he's got the threat of Hudson Adoy on the outside um, Mason Mount is also very crucial in this so uh, the Mason Mount Hudson Adoy connection that's a pass from Mason Mount to Hudson Adoy happened 14 times during this game mm. which is the highest number of passes one person had to another mm. during the whole game so you can see this is, I guess this is the system that Turcho wants to employ. And I guess let's talk a little bit about his system, right? Because when I was reading a little bit through, it's get all the wingbacks out wide, touching the lines, and having the, the central midfielders drop in a little bit, collect the ball, spray it out wide, right? Build up from there. And I got to thinking, isn't that every top team's uh, system? You gotta have space to operate. It's every top team system. <laughs> I mean, I guess you need the space if you have great players, right? So, I was just thinking, man, are these really systems? <laughs> or are these just players just getting space to operate? You know? Mm -hmm. But, uh, it'll, be, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. See, I didn't catch this match, but one thing I noticed that both Aspicoleta Mm -hmm. And Marcus Alonso got starts when those guys weren't being favored in a Lampard system. That's true. That's true. You know, it was usually Chilwell and Reese James. So maybe he's favoring some experience back there in the back line. Yeah, he uh, he's definitely shaking things up. We'll see how it seems like the players are, uh, are responding to it against Burnley. <laughs> All right. So let's let, let's see how they respond to it in their next match and the next one and the next one. Now. Let's jump into the Tottenham-Brighton game. So, myself, I'm a Madrid fan, and uh, beginning of the game, I'm, I'm watching the lineups, and I'm like, whoa, is that is that Gareth Bale uh, starting up top? And it was Gareth Bale starting up top. I was so excited. And then I watched the first 20 minutes and realized why we let him leave on loan 
<laughs> and why Zidane had him sitting on the bench for the whole season. Um, he's there, but it doesn't seem like he's there. You know, he's like a ghost. He's, he's just walking around and just making still. He's a quality player, but something's missing. What, Wales golf Tottenham, right? That's that's exactly how it is now. He just replaced the uh, Madrid for Tottenham. Now, this was a huge loss for Tottenham, right? Um, Brian, do you think this loss put a stake in the ground of when exactly they became non-contenders for that top spot? You know, the top teams, every time they have a bad loss or a tough loss, you know, they just took the L to Liverpool. You expect them to bounce back and bring another level of energy, you know, to go out in the result and turn things around. And they did not do that. You know, we would be expecting me to say, it's Brighton, like we were saying about Burnley, but that's just not the case. They came out and weren't able to get a result, and it's disappointing. It really, it really is. I mean, watching this game, I could not believe that I had this team high up on the ball power rankings at some point. You know, Brighton didn't get a sniff of the ball's power rankings, and now Tottenham, you're making me look bad. Okay, I was a little bit on the bandwagon earlier in the season, but now, uh, now I've got to distance myself. See, my, my issue, too, is it wasn't like Tottenham was pounding Brighton's goal the entire game. Brighton had twice the number of shots they had. And th- they only had 56% of the possession that was Tottenham. You know, it, it wasn't like they dominated the game or had the control of the game, either. Yeah, it's it's just appalling to watch when, 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 when things like this happen. And But credit to Brighton, you know. They came out. Got their three points, left, and went on to have a, a lovely, lovely time with, with, with those three points. Well, and, and Brighton needed it. They needed to keep getting that separation so they're out of the relegation zone. That's true. It's a, it's a, it's a battle down there. The Brighton, Fulham, West Brom, Sheffield, and now they separated themselves with 21, 21 points. So, uh, great win. Maybe that's, that's the biggest motivating factor here. Who's in the more dire state after the loss? <laughs> you know? And a great win on them. Good on them. Now, Brian, you want to do the honors and reveal the loss power rankings? Yeah, let's do it. Let's start off with number five, and we're looking at Everton. So currently they're eighth in points in the table, but they do have two games in hand. If they're able to pick up wins in their next couple matches, they're going to be sparking them their way up to fifth in the table and making a case to you know enter champions league football and uh i missed a score uh, i don't know if it was the last game but he got on the score sheet so that guy's they've been quiet a little bit there and near the middle of the season but if he gets firing that everton team is is gonna be good it's gonna be real good you know he has the opportunity to you know potentially be the newcomer of the year in the premier league for if sure. he's able to pick his form back up for sure who do we have at number four? Number four, we got Leicester. You know, Leicester, they, d- they don't pick up the headlines. You know, we're not always talking about them here at the ball, but they keep getting results. That's true. You know, they're sitting at fourth in points, and, you know, they're within striking distance of Liverpool, United. They're still a little ways away from uh, to be touching Man City, but they're, they're right in the mix of it. They're in there. They're in there. And they've got that man, Jimmy Vardy, and couple of world-class well, I wouldn't say world-class a couple of class midfielders mm-hmm. and James Madison who I'm thinking of right now um, and they got one of the toughest defenses in the league 
next on the list um we're putting them at three so you can't call me biased but it's it's liverpool okay. you know this past week they probably had the best week of all the premier league teams with a couple wins against tottenham and west ham two teams that were in the ball's power rankings last week and they also had the two biggest signings in the premier league you know the, their stocks just going up now and they also remembered how to score goals they weren't getting on that scoring sheet for a while and it's, it's, i won't say it's good to see them scoring goals but it's it's okay to see them scoring goals you know as, as a football fan you gotta love to see it come on now <laughs> i still remember that champions league final which one? Uh, one. We've been in a couple recently. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Uh, I, I want to stop this line of questioning. Now, number two. Number two, we got to give it to Man U. We Good. didn't we didn't talk about them, but they just absolutely shellacked Southampton today with a nine goals. Their biggest tied their biggest ever victory in the Premier League. Just did you say did you say nine goals? Nine. Yeah, one short of ten. Man. This, this Southampton team is not a bad team. No, they, they, uh, they're they definitely not known for their defense, but they have a couple prolific scorers. And, you know, we, we always are praising James Ward-Prowse on this uh, program here. But an early red card really set Southampton back, and Man United just, they, they saw the blood in the water. They saw the blood in the water, and they came away with the three points and nine goals. <laughs> Now, who's, who's number one? The run, the it, it, it goes without saying, but it's Manchester City. They are just continue on the streak of wins. I think it's seven now um, in the Premier League. And My goodness. There's really not a weakness in their squad. You know, we saw this previous game. They didn't even have De Bruyne in. Um, you know, they have Shinshenko at left back. It doesn't really matter who they're throwing in. It's all class. Sometimes I don't even know who. I don't think about Manchester City's team. I just know. Someone's gonna, someone's gonna get on that pitch who's like incredible, you know. And then when they look on the bench, I'm gonna be like, damn, that dude's on the bench right right now. He's just there chilling. And then when they drop De Bruyne, I'm like, he's not even in the squad. <laughs> like, who, who gets to do that, right? Pep Guardiola. Wow, wow, wow. Thanks for tuning in to the ball, airing every Wednesday on Apple iTunes and Spotify. Let's get the ball rolling. See you next week.